traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, hello. You have a spring in your step? Do you feel like we're about to take back America? I do. I so can feel it. I really, really do. We're talking 53, 54, 55 in the U.S. Senate. There are going to be some big surprises out there. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win Pennsylvania. We're going to win Ohio. We're going to win Georgia. We're going to win Wisconsin. We're going to win some surprises, though. We're going to win Connecticut. Yes, we're going to win Connecticut. Uh, New Hampshire, I think we're going to win there. Uh, Arizona's in the bag. Uh, Nevada's in the bag. Yeah, everybody's got to go out and do their thing. But you know what, Joe Biden, I'm sorry, you and the crazy people <laughs> working around you, you ruined society. You ruined society and the economy and the brand America. We're a laughing stock and we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. China can beat us in a war right now. So you think the American people are just going to be fooled? No, 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 no. No, we saw what happened in 2020. You know, we knew they were hiding Joe Biden, right? We all saw it. We I mean, keeping him in the basement, moderators defending him. What we saw the other night with Fetterman, that's um, Fetterman is propped up, no doubt about it. But he's not propped up on the presidential level. He's running for Senate. So, you know, you only get so much protection when you're running for Senate. That, what happened to Fetterman the other night, that happens to Joe Biden. That could happen to Joe Biden every day. That could have happened to Joe Biden in the debate if we had fair moderators. It's amazing. The, the moderators, by the way, I give the fake news a hard time. They were pretty good. They were very disrespectful at times. Couldn't believe it. They didn't call Dr. Oz doctor. They call him Mr. Oz. But they did not back away uh, from Fetterman. They nailed him down. They uh, Tough questions, follow-ups. They were good. Uh, unlike here in New York, by the way, and it still kind of bothers me. I mean, it's par for the course. And it didn't trip up Lee Zeldin. But uh, the moderators there were trying to help Kathy Hochul. That Errol Lewis, uh, what did he say again? He's like trying to give all these statistics. He's saying, citing all these statistics that say that bail reform is not a problem. You know, basically, according to the government, government is not at fault. <laughs> I, I just... And and Zeldin appropriately just steamrolled right over that. Uh, what a great guy. Hey, you know how many people have been pushed in front of subway cars in, this year? 25. 25. That's an obscene number. 25 people have been pushed in front of the subway. It's enough to keep me the hell off the subway. I do not need it. I told you the last time I was on it, I've only taken it maybe four or five times this year. And I don't like paying Uber. I don't like paying for cabs. You know, I mean, seriously, every every dollar counts. Who the hell? I, I'm spending hundreds of dollars on cabs. I could be spending 60 bucks on the subway. I can't go down there. 
I get looks, I get uh, I get shade, and I could get a lot worse if I took it every single day. I know it. I can feel it. And some guy staring at me, oh, boy, did he want to do something. He was thinking about it, but I – and then the thing is, we're not going to – unfortunately, no one really seems to stick up for anybody, right? They just take out their phones and document it and post it, but nobody seems to help anybody out there. And the cops, well – can you find a cop? That's tough. Hey, Eric Adams is getting all kinds of credit for making a woman the head of the fire department. Who cares? What? <laughs> she's never been a firefighter. Her name is Laura Cavanaugh, and she's had this job and that job in the de Blasio administration. How's that for a resume item? She was a special assistant to Bill de Blasio. Probably got him his weed. Who knows? What do you do as a special assistant to Bill de Blasio? I think you need to be a firefighter before you uh, become the commissioner of the fire department, right? I think you need to be a police officer before you become the commissioner of the NYPD and on and on and on. I think it uh, you should serve in the military but if you're going to be the secretary of defense. Who is the secretary of defense, by the way, right now? Uh, Lloyd Austin. Yeah, he was in. But most, most of the time, Democrats appoint um, bureaucrats, uh, think tank types, uh, Ash Carter, may he rest in peace. Ash Carter died this week. Do you know who that is? He was one of Obama's defense secretaries. I think the thing he was really made famous by, though, was when he was sworn in for the big job, literally behind his back, Joe Biden felt up his wife. It's it's incredible. He's right there sniffing, groping, grabbing, canoodling with the man's wife. Four feet from him. Four feet. It was, that's the arrogance, arrogance of power. Hey, did you see on my show last night, we played some clips of uh, Joe Biden at a, who the hell knows what he was doing. I, I played this on my show. Where was it? He's talking about commercial travel and uh, you know, buying tickets. And it's it's obvious that this guy has not been on a, on a flight, on a regular flight on JetBlue in decades. Probably, when's the last time he flew commercial? It would have been 2007, 2008. Uh, here we go. Cut 37, please. Some airlines, if you want six more inches between you and the seat in front, you pay more money. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low-income folks and people of color. See how it's all about race again? And you do know when you purchase the ticket. It's not a hidden fee. It's not a junk fee. He says this is a junk fee. I pay for that all the time. I think it's 40 extra bucks on JetBlue. I like the extra leg room. It makes it a hell of a lot more tolerable. Um, Hey, by the way, don't get carried away. Don't think that the way to go is being on a private jet. Uh, I was on a private jet once. It was a bit of a goof. It was a private jet. It was actually John Katsimatidis' jet. We flew it to nowhere. We took off and we flew just to see what it was like. And the good thing about being on a big jet, JetBlue, you don't have to talk to everybody. You can just lose yourself in your book or your phone or just sleep, check out, zone out. I mean, when can we ever do that? When is it appropriate to just zone out? Never, right? Sleeping and being on a plane. Nobody can reach you. Basically, it's freedom. When you're on a private jet 
I mean, everybody's in your face and they're taking selfies. Half the people can't believe they're on a private jet and they're like, oh, wow, this is the greatest thing. And you got to be on. You're talking and it's just, it's like a cocktail party. It's like a damn cocktail party. You don't, and it's more cramped than you really want to deal with. I don't mind the, I don't mind uh, security. I actually like the Homeland Security people. I put my body on droop. I just go with it. You put yourself in a very relaxed place and it's no big deal. And I am totally and utterly compliant. You want to double check, search me? I used to have this bag that I, uh, it's this big green duffel bag. I took it with me all around the world. I took it with me to Iraq several times. And one of those trips, I don't know, we were too close to a tank or whatever, but some TNT or chemicals got on that bag. And every time I went through, bing, 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 bing and they'd have to bring out the dog and the special sniffer and the and the, the, the swab and all that stuff. I probably should have gotten another bag, but I, I just, I didn't mind. I just put myself in a totally relaxed place. And, um, but Joe does not have any, any, any idea. Although he appreciates how mad we are. Cut 38. So anyway, I'm optimistic. It's going to take some time. And, uh, I appreciate the frustration of the American people. Just a weird way to end it. I appreciate the frustration of the American people. Like, I don't think you should have used that word. I understand the frustration. I feel your pain. I, I don't know, but I appreciate it. That's almost like he likes it. I appreciate your service. Um, very odd, very odd. Uh, hey, let me know if I'm doing too much on this. Oh, actually, hold the thought. Uh, Daryl Brooks was convicted yesterday in the horrible... Waukesha Christmas Parade Massacre. Six people killed. This guy, a total menace to society, literally. Ugly heart. Um, he'll be in jail, hopefully forever. Prison. This, if this is not a case for the death penalty, what is? He took his car and out of hatred for white people, ran them down at the most beautiful setting. A Christmas parade. What could go wrong? I had one of the survivors on last night, and she was there with kids, with her daughter, with her niece. And I'm like, oh, my God, how are they doing? How are they doing? Because they were at the parade, and they saw all this death and carnage. They were almost killed themselves. Like, how are they doing? She said, well, it's tough. They're traumatized. And I'm like, I I can imagine. I I got traumatized when I saw a scary movie when I was growing up. I literally got traumatized by Dirty Harry. The first Dirty Harry. They showed it on a regular network TV. Remember? The movie of the week. A special television event with minimal commercial interruption. And we all, the whole damn country, watched Dirty Harry at the same time. And unfortunately for me, it was the first Dirty Harry movie where that lunatic who really wants to get back at Dirty Harry hijacks that bus full of kids. Remember? And the kid in the back says, I want my mommy. Well, that was like me. In the first grade, I was terrified that some lunatic was going to jump on the bus because of this movie and also a news report. In California, does anybody remember this? A couple of guys hijacked a bus. They kidnapped a bunch of kids on a school bus, and they buried the bus underground. Yes, they did that. It was in 1975 or six, and... Fortunately, all the kids are alive. I remember seeing it on TV. They interviewed the kids. They thought they were going to die. They were so scared. 
And I wonder what became of those kids. I know what became of the kidnappers, by the way. They just got paroled by Gavin Newsom. Thanks a lot, Gavin. Anyway, those two things totally freaked me out. They really did. I always sat, to this day, I'm kind of very cautious on the bus. Usually like to sit near the driver. I just, did you hear a a bus was hijacked today by a madman? Details are still coming in. Um... Oh, and Kamala Harris was checking out a bus. Boy, oh, boy, was she giddy and tickled with herself. As I said, I mean, if she's like this around a school bus, what happens when uh, during happy hour and it's Margaritaville? Cut 39, please. Here's the thing. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just there's something about... Yeah, and, and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow school bus, right? She's just a little bit too tickled by it. All right. Yeah, they're cute. What else? Um, oh, but they always posed a menace to you, me, and our children. Next cut, 39. Please. Today, 95% of our school buses are fueled with diesel fuel which contributes to very serious conditions that are about health and about the ability to learn. How about that? They were death traps all along, those school, those cute school buses. Give me a moment. Go, Lee Zeldin. Let's get out there and support this guy. We can do it. We can change the world. Be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, wrapping up this Waukesha thing, um, six people killed, as you know, and a lot of people injured by this madman, Daryl Brooks. Guilty verdict yesterday. Families very, very satisfied. The families are. But, you know, nothing can ever uh, fill the gap, of course. Cut 22, please. We are satisfied that this defendant has been held accountable for his actions. We've been praying for this day for a long time. My five-year-old daughter came up to me and, and hand me hand me handed me this necklace with my mom's ashes in it, and she told me to take my mom with us for the sentencing. So she was with us today. Um, yeah, it's nice. Horrible. Again, November 2021, right around Thanksgiving, Waukesha, Wisconsin, beautiful Christmas parade. And this uh, this guy drives through it. You'll hear the carnage in the screen. I've actually, I, know, I won't play it. I've seen the tape. I've seen the whole tape. You know, for a long time, they were just, we were just playing it up until the point of impact. Well, I watched the whole thing, and you see a car. Imagine a car driving into a sea of people and running them over. Have you ever seen that? Um, I guess I have now because I watched this damn thing, and it's so ugly. And this guy, by the way, uh, Daryl Brooks, motivated by a hatred of white people. He was. I mean, it's all over his social media feed. Oh, by the way, there are people who are trying to say, I'm a white supremacist for pointing this out. <laughs> I just can't believe them, right? I, I, isn't one of the things that we want to know right away after a mass shooting, after any killing, after any, it's part of the story. What is the motive, right? What's the MO, modus operandi? Oh, that's the method. That's, but what is the motive? MO is, I guess the MO was the car, but the motive was racial hatred. It was, but they don't want to talk about that. Even when it was becoming very, very apparent immediately after, by the way, 
This guy was inflamed and uh, incentivized by Black Lives Matter and, and galvanized, radicalized, George Floyd, all that stuff. It's all over his social media feed. But you can't talk about it. To this day, they're not talking about it. They don't even mention the race of the driver. I mean, right? Isn't it? It's relevant, especially if race is a motivation, motivating factor. I always hear about it when a white person kills anybody, that it's a white man. Here's proof, by the way. Listen to how the news just can't stop talking about a suspect when the suspect is white. Okay? They will not let anybody. It's it's a critical part of the story. For any any shooter, any what? It's just it's a white man, and that is that's that's half the problem right there. The white skin. Cut twenty four. Here's a suspect. Okay, he's a twenty one year old white man. This twenty one year old white male mass murderer. The suspect in custody is white. Police say a 28-year-old white male carrying two handguns crashed a stolen truck into a building. It's humanizing the shooter once again. And can I point out that the shooter is a white man who is alive after they knew that he had killed eight people. All right. That's Gail King, by the way, talking about the, um, I guess that was the Atlanta spa shooter. And she doesn't like that the shooter was humanized. I guess that there was no trial. There was no jury at that point. Uh, she would have preferred that the police show up guns blazing because she feels what she's getting at is that's what the cops do when the suspect is black, right? Wrong. No, the cops, <laughs> they've got more. There's more to cops than that, all right? You're a horrible, prejudicial, stereotypical uh, mindset when it comes to law enforcement. You know, Gail wasn't always like this. In fact, she's a very, she's a superb broadcaster. She was until she went totally woke and can't stop talking about race, which enhances her position over there. But if you take all that stuff out of it and where she was a couple of years ago, there was something about it. There was an authenticity. There was like genuine. That's hard to do. Oh, wait a second. Damn, the music already. All right. Uh, give me a call and I'll play this clip of... Uh, It's fascinating what they don't mention about Daryl Brooks. It really, really is. Can you guess what they leave out? Stay with me. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, Herschel Walker. He's going through it yet again, but uh, he, he can handle this. Anytime Gloria Allred gets involved in anything, it's a national joke. Don't worry about it. Uh, I do have that Waukesha stuff that i got to uh, get to. Uh, the lunatic driver, mull down those uh, people. Uh, race was definitely a motivating factor here. The guy hated white people. It's all over his social media feed. Uh, he was fired up by a couple of things, um, uh, Kenosha and also... Let's see. There was uh, George Floyd, of course, and uh, Black Lives Matter. He was down with all that stuff. And um, But when it comes to the media, they tiptoe around his race. Just can't just can't mention it, okay? Uh, let's see here. Cut 23, please. 
And with that tragedy in Wisconsin, where a man drove his SUV into a Christmas parade, at least five people were killed and more than 40 injured. We learned today that the driver, now facing intentional homicide charges, was out on bond after he allegedly punched the mother of his child and intentionally ran her over with the same vehicle at a Milwaukee gas station earlier this month. NBC News has confirmed that the person of interest, the driver in this case, his name is Daryl Brooks. He's 39 years old from Wisconsin right now. So far, he's not been charged with a crime. He's just being called a person of interest. He's a person. He's a motorist. He's a driver. He's an individual. He's a man. What the hell color is he? I mean, every time it's a white person, you just can't. Uh, and the venom they used when they described that guy. And just hear the very first two. The Like, they're disgusted that this that anybody could be could be white. What's the one right after that, please? Uh, Let me hear 24. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white White male male. mass murderer. You hear that? The white male. That's like a part of why they hate the guy so much, in addition to the horrible violence that that was inflicted. It's ludicrous. Teresa is in New York. Hi. We're in New York. It's a big, it's a big state. Where are you? Staten Island. Very good. What's up? So I'm in the city, technically. Uh, Fetterman's uh, comment about a good night. Mm. You know, the moderator said you uh, after she posed the question, she said you have a minute or two, something like that. And I think that was his attempt at humor, saying good night, <laughs> like he's not going to make the deadline. Uh, actually, I have that moment right here. I don't think that was an attempt at humor. I think he he thought uh, he was greeting everybody, and nobody in the world greets them greets each other with good night, except I guess the French bonsoir. But anyway, listen to this. Cut thirty. But, yep. Yeah. But, hold on. Cut okay. thirty, please. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have sixty seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Um, I don't think that was an attempted joke. I think he was trying to say hello. And because his brain is um, damaged, he said, uh, good night instead of good evening or instead of hi, everybody. I don't I don't think it was a joke. No, you don't think he grasped the 60 seconds. That's what you have. Well, the 60 seconds, he was never even using up all of his time. Usually, you know, ding. Okay, time's up. Time's up, uh, uh, Governor Fetterman. Time's up, Dr. Roz. They were calling him Mr., by the way. Very annoying. Uh, but that no, they, he, he, they, he always, he didn't use all of his time. He was out in 30 seconds. It was gibberish, and then he stopped talking. I don't know. What oh, do you, okay. Yeah. What, are you sticking okay. up for this guy? He's crazy. You don't want him to win, do you? Kitty? No, no. I'm on the other side of the fence. All right. Very good. Very <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, John is uh, also in Staten Island. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Uh, what is this? Uh, Mayor Adams is hiring security, so we don't have t- uh, jumps, jumpers. Where's the MTA union? Where's the other city union workers standing up for a transit cops saying we need more transit cops? I mean, you, if that's the case, then you don't need uh, local 1099. You don't need any of the union members. No, in just, just go to the PBA website. Go to the go to the union websites. They all put out statements uh, trashing this ridiculous uh, so-called plan. It was just something. It wasn't even a plan. It was just an excuse to have a press conference in a subway station, and they can pretend they are, they're doing something. They're not doing anything. Uh, I don't think they want to do anything. And even if they did want to do something, they don't know how to do anything. 
uh, both of them, uh, Eric and uh, Kathy, they're perfect for each other. Two idiots, really. Dim-witted people. Nothing upstairs. Nothing. Zero. They have no ideas. Kathy is definitely working for other people. She's not She's not in charge. Whether it's her husband, the boss, who knows. But she is. And did you see her just waving, cutting ribbons, you know, bragging about how nice the Long Island Expressway is, getting on and off of helicopters? Eric Adams still can't. He's just too tickled that he's the mayor. He can't believe it. Neither can I, for that matter. He's just taken away with celebrity. Uh, but, no, everybody saw right through that. What do they call it? The four C's plan? It was no plan. Uh, one more. Kelly in uh, where, 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 in the, the New York. Where? Where? Oh, hi, hi, Greg. I'm out of New Jersey. I'm actually in Hackensack. Today. I don't know why it says Kelly, New York. But, uh, all right, so tell me more. So um, I was calling for two reasons. The first reason was I watched a debate the other night with um, Zeldin and Hochul, which was very difficult to find online, but I finally did. Wasn't it a and pain I- in the neck? I mean, gee, wh- I had to listen to it on the radio. I had to go to NYC.org. There was no link. There was nothing. NY1, you know, oh, gosh, oh, that was a that was a little dirty trick on Hochul's part. She didn't want anybody to see that debate, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I, I finally found it online and was able to stream it, and I'm very uh, computer savvy, and I was having a hard time. So anyway, but the one thing I wish Lee Zeldin would have said, every time he was talking to her, she would bring up gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. And I wish Lee Zeldin would have said, a lot of the violence that's happened is not gun violence. They're pushing people in front of trains. They're beating people up. They're wielding machetes. I wish he would have said that because Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, he said that. He said that exact line. It must have been while you were struggling to find the link. He definitely said that. He absolutely said that. He said a lot of this stuff is – there are some things he could have said. He could have talked about how somebody tried to stab him. He could have talked about – but, no, he had some beautiful moments in there. Actually, i got to show you one. He just summed it up so perfectly. And if anybody was watching that debate, if anybody is alive in New York with a brain – how you could vote for uh, this mannequin of a woman who stands for nothing but greed and her own power, uh, I, 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 it's it's beyond me. So, um, yeah, don't worry. He made that point. Hey, Herschel Walker, we, I stand with Herschel Walker, by the, by the way. I, I think he's great. They're lying about him. They found some other maniac to come forward and pretend something happened to her a million years ago. She won't even give her name. I wonder why. Why not? Why not? You can get anybody. It's a huge country, 300 million people. And this is a very pivotal seat. I bet you could come up with a couple of thousand people who would say anything to stop what's about to happen in Georgia and beyond. Okay? To stop a Republican takeover of the United States Senate. There are thousands of people who would tell this silly story from uh, Jane Doe. Here we go. Cut 11, please. He has publicly taken the position that he is, quote, about life, unquote, and against abortion under any circumstances, when, in fact, he pressured me to have an abortion and personally ensured that it occurred by driving me to the clinic and paying for it. Did you hear her voice? Now, there's something about that voice that tells me that she'd never met Herschel Walker. There's no way. I don't. 
she seemed on the academic side somehow. She seemed, uh, I, I can't see her hanging around football teams. Let me hear Herschel Walker. Cut 12. Well, that's a lie. And I've said that's a lie. And I think I hope people can see right now that Raphael Warnock and the left would do whatever they can to win this seat bite. But I don't think they realize that they messed with the wrong Georgia in here. That I'm not going to stop. This seat is too important for me to stop thinking that they can try to scare me or force me out of this seat because they're not. And I hope the people saw after that debate who's the guy ready to represent the people of Georgia, whereas Raphael Warnock is there to represent Joe Biden. Good for him. Good for him. And again, 11, cut 11. May I hear from, uh, well, we don't have her name. They call her Jane Doe, and she's sitting at the side of Gloria Allred. It's really all you need to know, but. One more time. I, ca- I, I just can't see this voice being uh, with a person who had a relationship with Herschel Walker. I just cut 11. He has publicly taken the position that he is, quote, about life. Yeah, I don't get it. No way. No way. She never even met Herschel Walker. She never met Herschel Walker. This is a scam, and they will do anything. And again, 300 million people. There are a lot of crazy people in this country, a lot of crazy people with money and means and resources. They will do anything to stop this. That individual never met Herschel Walker. No way. And Gloria Allred, by the way, is based in Los Angeles. You know how many actresses you can get off the street? Out of work actresses, actors? No way. Herschel Walker, he called this foolishness. It is foolishness. I really admire Herschel. And you know what? Also, remember, it's, oh, it's the hypocrisy. It's the hypocrisy. That's what really bothers them. He's pro-life. Now, but back then he was paying for abortions, they they allege. Well, you know what? Some of the most powerful forces and voices for life come from those who are formerly pro-abortion or pro-choice. Absolutely. I've heard from women who had abortions and now regret it, speak out against it. Some of them say it's their the biggest regret of their lives. Um, but somehow, especially with Christians, especially with Christians, there's something like, oh, I know the truth about that guy. He's not a good guy. Well, you know what? Nobody is. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has a past. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody, you can find, you can find people making contradictory statements. Hey, I was another person in 2009. I bet Herschel Walker was as well. Everybody changes. Hopefully, everybody evolves. Everybody grows. So, uh, Hirsch, I, I may hear, hear from Herschel tonight on the show. Um, that would be uh, terrific. Uh, we've probably going to get him on. Uh, what else? Everyone's talking about this View show, The View. It's very easy to ignore. I mean, who cares? I've only seen The View on clips. Um, remember when it was Barbara Walters and they actually had that? Uh, they had. Notable women. Now it's Sonny Hostin, and she's making news with this, but I don't see what the fuss is. So why am I playing it? Well, I'm actually kind of curious. I'm sorry. Cut 52, please. Sonny Hostin, who, by the way, ooh, talk about playing the race card. Uh, this one is, uh, you know, she claims all this stuff. She's a privileged person. She has all kinds of things going for her. She was talking about, oh, my son. Uh, Every time he steps out on the street, he's uh, afraid that a cop is going to arrest him. They live in Chappaqua. The son goes to, like, Stanford. I mean, it's just, but 
she can say that, and guess what? White executives will be intimidated and accommodate anything she wants until the time is right and they can get rid of her. Cut 52. It was really strange to me that he chose to bully a stroke victim. Yeah. Right? Like, he obviously was bullying him. And, um, you know, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania or the people in general... um, liked that because Fetterman raised $1 million after that debate. And I think it takes real courage to show that you've been knocked down. I think it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness, right? And um, we know that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. It's about expression that that has been compromised. Hey, hold on. Who are the people in the background? Where do they get the audience to clap at that nonsense? I noticed that. They say the most ridiculous things, and they have these little production interns, these 23-year-olds, come out with signs, and they hit the button. It says applause, clap, applause, clap. Uh, A cross-section of America, these are supposed to be tourists from all over the place. I think they're all NBC or ABC Disney employees. Hey, what a crazy company that turned out to be, huh? Disney. Disney. The whole workforce quits, walks off the job because of the alleged don't-say-gay bill. And what did the Don't Say Gay bill actually say? It said uh, teachers should not bring up sexuality with students in the classroom until it's age appropriate, until like 14. No, first graders should be talking about gender change with their substitute teacher. I don't think so. And most people would agree with that. And Disney, this is talk about bullying. This was corporate bullying. The weirdest place in the world. What a strange, strange time it is. But it's about to get a lot more normal. I really think that. And you know what a wake-up call this will be. Or what will they do? Imagine if we get 55 seats in the Senate. Imagine if that happens. And it really can happen. Joe Biden will have to – you know what's going to happen? It's going to be like the prime minister. It'll be a tantamount to a a vote of no confidence. You know how they've been through like three prime ministers in a matter of weeks uh, over there at the U.K.? Joe will have to go. And I think he wants to quit anyway. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, You could not fit in St. Patrick's Cathedral yesterday, the beautiful, beautiful um, ceremony for Bernard McGurk. And we should point out we are live right now from the Bernard McGurk Studio this is officially, as of yesterday, the 77 WABC Radio, the McGar- Bernard McGurk Studio. We got a nice gold plaque. It's a temporary plaque. We're going to get something even more beautiful and permanent. It's a, it's kind of a, a bronze um, square uh, engraved, uh, but we're going to do something a little bit, uh, a little, a little sturdier. Uh, that's in the works. But this is the Ber- Bernard McGurk Studio. And will be so forever, and that's uh, that's a great thing. Um, ooh, White House anxious over midterms, and with good reason. <laughs> this is uh, oh, this is good. All right, hey, one other thing I wanted to do. Um, it's a pet project of mine. I can't help it. Um, it's such a bad book, and they're so dishonest. All these cheap books that they're churning out about. Oh, speaking of books, I got one coming out in January, and you guys want to help me out, please. Um, I got a, I got a boss, I got a publisher, uh, Simon and Schuster, great people, but I got to sell this book and it comes out January 10th and you can pre-order it right now on Amazon. 
Uh, it's called Justice for All, Why the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement uh, by me, Greg Kelly. And we tell the story about how this crazy moment in history started. And it was a strategy. It started. It started uh, really in earnest in about 2012. Barack Obama, Black Lives Matter, a collusion that damn near destroyed this country. Um, we have some ideas about how to take it back. And we actually document how uh, Barack Obama was suffering, suffering with black voters. They were not digging the total lack of progress they were seeing in 2011, 2012. Black Lives Matter came in to uh, emotionalize a uh, a case in Florida. And uh, Obama, oh boy, remember Trayvon Martin would have looked like me? Yeah, he was playing the race card. Uh, it's a card that he had been playing all of his life, really uh, up and until the big Senate campaign and his presidential campaign where he minimized it. Uh, but once he got in, he started playing it again. And it's too bad he had such an amazing opportunity to do something that we thought no one else could do, only him. Uh, but he blew it. So anyway, uh, I'm very proud of the book. Uh, but these cheap books about Trump. Um, now, here's what Trump said that's so one of the things he said in 2011, this is how Trump uh, said something. He said it on the radio. I'll, I won't characterize it any more than that. This is Trump speaking on the radio in 2011. Cut 43, please. I have a great relationship with the blacks. I have I've always had a great relationship with the blacks. A great relationship with the blacks and everybody. Oh, my God. How can you talk like that? Oh, gee whiz. That's just the, the, the racist. It's racist. And here's uh, Maggie Haberman in her silly book, Confidence Man. Cut 42. He continued throughout his life to identify ethnic groups with the article The, as in a 2011 radio interview in which he declared, I have a great relationship with the blacks. Oh, can you believe it? How insensitive, how horrible, right? And in her entire life, in her entire life, she, oh, oh, only two people, two people, Andrew Cuomo, the detested Andrew Cuomo, and the detested Donald Trump, dare to say something like the blacks. If only Maggie Haberman, employee of the New York Times, read her own damn newspaper, the New York Times, and spent about eight seconds on Google, she could find a million examples of very prominent writers calling black people the blacks. Absolutely. And not ancient history. Not in 1895. I'm talking 2010, 2009. Let's see here. Um, we got uh, 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 Charles Blow. We've got, uh, in fact, commiserating with the blacks could prove politically problematic. Charles Blow, Black in the Age of Obama, December 4th, 2009. It goes on like this. It's clear that the blacks and Latinos need to work together. New York Times column by Felicia R. Lee. Uh, majority rules, but will whites vote for a black? It may be apparent soon whether white voters will support the blacks elected in 1992. This was in 1996, well after Maggie Haberman arrived on the reporting scene in New York. You see? You see? You know, the the bottom line is this. Trump is almost... Trump is always right. (laughs) It really is. They never give him the benefit of the doubt. They never say, wow, maybe he knows something that we don't. Oh, maybe he speaks in a way that everybody else was speaking at the same time. They just, anyway, they always lose in the end, and he, and we always win. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
We're still waiting for Kathy Hochul to talk about actually locking up criminals. I mean, people are at home waiting for action to make sure that the handcuffs are going on criminals instead of law-abiding New Yorkers. You get people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian-American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me, and then you'll find out where Maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Alvin Bragg is not doing his job. The message will absolutely be sent that if you're the DA, it stands for district attorney, not defense attorney. Alvin Bragg can go be a defense attorney, but if he's not going to do his job, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to remove him as soon as I can. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> Lee Zeldin should be so proud of himself right now. He's about to do um, just a, a, a monumental feat he's about to complete. Knocking off a Democrat in this state, if we get out there and do it, and the polls indicate that we can and we will, uh, life is going to get better and safer right away for a lot of people. And by the way, speaking of uh, the chaos that is New York and the crime, uh, did you hear? I heard Noam talking about it on the radio. Somebody somebody stole a bus. Noam Layton, what's going on? This is a great story. I mean, not great for the bus driver, but St. Alban, Queens uh, this morning this guy gets onto an MTA bus. He has a gun. He points it at the driver. He tells all the passengers to get off the bus. It's like out of a scene, maybe out of speed or something like yeah. that. All the passengers get off. And uh, he says, all right, drive. And he, um, the gunman sits behind that partition that separates the bus driver from the passengers with the gun pointed at the driver. The driver drives for about 30 blocks through Queens and then eventually says, wait a minute. He probably has a moment where he says, I might not survive this. So he jumps out that side window. The next, driver does? Yes, the driver does. He jumps out that side window, and the bus then veers off and crashes into a utility pole. Amazingly, the driver is going to be okay. I mean, he's got some injuries. He and, jumped out while it's moving. Yeah, while it's moving, yeah. And uh, what about the guy who did it? The guy who did it, they called him. 44-year-old. Uh, he was acting sort of erratic when he got onto the bus. Uh, the gun ended up being fake. It was either some sort of BB gun or a fake gun. They haven't really said so far the cops. But um, thankfully, nobody hurt. The only the only people who were hurt were 88 residents who live in that neighborhood where he hit the utility pole. They lost their power. <laughs> so Hey, it wasn't that guy. Remember that guy who would uh, who would steal buses for the hell of it? Uh. I love that guy. It was it was subways, subways. Yeah, he still oh. he still stole trains. Yes, he would he would commandeer and buses too. Actually, you're yeah. right about that. They even did a documentary. And I'm blanking on his name. He was troubled. He was uh, he was he, a special kind of guy. I think he was like a Asperger's or autism and was just uh, fixated on trains and so was able to commandeer them and and did it numerous times. They would catch him, and then he would do it again. Every couple of years would go by. Here, Darius McCollum. Is, yeah, I just yeah. looked it up. Uh, <laughs> known for his obsession with buses and trains and his proclivity for taking them for joy rides has been no stranger to law enforcement. I guess in 2015, that's the last time he did it. Um, all right, so this is not the same guy? Not the same guy. <laughs> okay. You know, some guy probably equally as crazy, but uh, thankfully he didn't harm anybody, so uh, not a terrible ending. Nobody was hurt, so we like that. I wonder what his plans were. He didn't really think it out ahead of time. But these criminals generally don't do that. Uh, crime, as you know, because you covered it for years, it's usually, you know, in the moment, right? I mean, more times than not, they're planned out. It's just a crime. Crimes are moments of opportunity, right, where you say, oh, I might be able to mug this guy, push him to the ground, take their wallet. 
Maybe same thing with this guy who was commandeering the bus. He just thought he had this moment. I once met a prison warden who told me, um, and he had a prisoner escape on his watch, that the pri- and they got him back. The prisoners are very good when they actually escape of planning the escape and very awful at planning what comes next. Right. They're, you know, they're out, then right. what? And they usually hold up the nearest gas station and get caught. Right. <laughs> well, you can't show up at mom's house because that's the first place they're going to look, right? You I know. know. So. Strangely enough, I really thought about this. What would I do? How would, would I do, do? it? Uh, I, I'd go into the woods and I'd walk for a long time. I, you know what? I, well, here's my plan. I'd go to okay. an airport and I'd steal a plane. Okay, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, no, that I know how to do. Oh, you do? Yeah, that I could do. Uh, one of those little unattended airports, and I take a plane on a very low altitude. Hopefully, I don't crash, <laughs> and um, hopefully, I avoid radar and land in a new state, and hopefully, a new life. Yeah, somehow I don't think that would work out. No, well, first I got to get out of the prison. That's the <laughs> right. I, I saw that Shawshank Redemption a couple of times. That's a pretty cool movie, That's and he great. makes it out. It's very much like those guys who escaped from uh, upstate. Remember that? It was actually back yes. in, yeah, those two guys, I remember their names, Matt and Sweat. Right, and their whole thing was they um, they cozied up to a female guard, mm-hmm. and whether, I don't know if they were in love with her or not, but she believed they were, and she helped them escape. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, oh, what's that guy's name? He's the, uh, Ben Stiller made a TV movie about that, which we I should watch one of these days. Too many things to watch. Yes. What are you watching? You know, just sports, a lot of sports lately. You're not watching a show? You know, you, you know, I go through those phases. I'm sure you do that. We rip through Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And I, I, I was watching that um, Jeffrey Dahmer one yeah. on Netflix, but it just creeped me out. After like, and normally I'm not creeped out by anything, but after the second episode, I was like, I can't watch this anymore because, first of all, it's a true story. And I was just like, and it was the guy's so good. I don't know who the lead actor is, but man, is he good and <laughs> creeped me out. Shows are good, but ultimately they're a waste of time. They really are. No. It's just, it's just, it's, it just, I watched Suits, it got addicted, watched three episodes mm-hmm. in, a, in one sitting, and, and then what? It doesn't get you anything. So, um, all right, Noam, th- how do you spell your first name? N-O-A-M. N-O-A-M. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. All right, good stuff. Thank you. Uh, come back soon. And uh, how do we feel about that? Uh, th- that is Darius, Darius McCollum. He was a, a hobbyist, and his hobbyist is stealing trains. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's all right. He's out there somewhere. Um, you heard a little bit of, um, Zeldin. And again, I think this should be the blooper of the century. Kathy Hochul praising the Long Island Expressway Cut 35. You didn't even bother to vote to help me fill $86 million worth of potholes. People love the LIE now. It's just out there. Southern state. People are so happy to see this done. So happy. So happy. People are so happy. Yes, and you're... Excuse me, dopey little ceremonies with the big scissors and cutting ribbons and meeting uh, the Chamber of Commerce. People are so happy. So things are look looking, excuse me again, uh, very, very bad for Democrats. Uh, so what are they focusing on? What does MSNBC focus on at a time like this when the problems they created are about to be fixed by the people? And they're about to throw Democrats out. We haven't seen something like this, I think, since 1994. What do they talk about? Yeah. January 6th, cut 41. Hi, everyone. It's 4 o'clock in New York. New developments in what is arguably one of the biggest stumbling blocks for every single one 
of the criminal investigations into the twice impeached, disgraced ex-president and his campaign to overturn the 2020 presidential election that he lost. We are talking about all the ways in which ex-Trump officials and aides and allies are trying to prevent investigators from getting the answers to some of the biggest questions surrounding the Capitol insurrection. Ah, the Capitol insurrection, January 6th. That's Nicole Wallace, by the way. That's a conservative. That's MSNBC's idea of a conservative. Um, she was known for uh, lying about the Iraq war in the Bush White House. She actually worked there and sucking up to uh, Dan Bartlett, uh, uh, George W. Bush, Josh Bolton, all the important men there. Uh, you could always find uh, her hanging around. Um, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny. Hey, whatever happened to Joy Behar? One moment. Now, occasionally, no, I was going to say occasionally she's nice, but she's not. She's still silly. Cut nine. The Republican Party is running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman you know, st- uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm-hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed to do no harm? It's so mm-hmm. unempathetic to the guy. Unempathetic. You know? I just want to say that. Oz is very slick. TV guy. Remember that. There's another woman in Arizona, Carrie Lake, also a TV woman. Mm -hmm. So they're very slick. You know, and Fetterman's kind of like, you know, with the stroke and without the stroke, he's not as slick. But he has ideas and he has governed. You know, Oz, and I I know Oz. I mean, I've been to his house and he, he has a part of him. You know, I called him one time to help with the recommendation for a doctor. He was right there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at this point. I don't know which one is the real Dr. Oz, but voting for the slick person on TV is like voting for me. Don't vote for me for politics. The politics. Gosh, the nerve of that woman, right? Dr. Oz was good to her. All right. I understand. Maybe you disagree with him politically. Then keep your mouth shut. You have to be so impassioned in calling him slick. Uh, I know him. He's done nice things for me, too. Um, And I see the same guy. I don't see anything. And what is he supposed to do? What is he supposed to do when a guy like Fetterman starts speaking like this and making absolutely no sense? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but this is politics. What do they say? It's not beanbag, right? It's uh, you got to do this stuff. Let's see. Uh, cut, uh, cut uh, 31. How exactly, Mr. Fetterman, do you propose doing that to make it more affordable for a fa- for families? No, I, I just believe I just making it that much more. It, it, it costs too much. And I believe providing the resources to, to reduce the tuition to allow families to be able to afford it. All right. It's gibberish. It makes no sense. It's sad. But this is politics. OK, this is politics. Empathetic. Uh, the guy's not qualified. It's OK in America. I mean, yeah, it's um, we all want people to be happy and stuff like that. But um you're running for one seat, and you're running against another person, and that person is exhibiting um, major, major difficulties to the point that they can't do the job. And the other side, you just heard it, they're trying to protect him. They're trying to cover that up. Actually, the major newspapers in Pennsylvania the next day, only one mentioned anything about Fetterman having a bad night, the Philadelphia Inquirer. they got other papers all over the place in Pittsburgh, in Harrisburg, in Erie, places like that, and they didn't mention one word about it. So good for Dr. Oz for making the case. Somebody's got to. Sandra in New Jersey, hello. Oh, I'm on. 
You're on the air. <laughs> Good afternoon, Greg. You're such a positive person. I, that's one of the things I adore about you. But I wanted to mention that last night, my husband and I, we saw a documentary um, on Donald Trump. It was called Unfit. And they have all these psychiatrists. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So you know about it. I did. I, so, I couldn't watch the whole thing. It was bad, not interesting. Yeah. And that one weirdo jerk uh who i believe is not allowed to say what he was saying and he may not be a real doctor i think he's a psychologist not a psychiatrist but anyway terrible and not even interesting but what else well so i want to know if barry goldwater had the same attack against him when he was running for president and he sued and he won doesn't donald trump have that opportunity to do the same for defamation of character uh, that's interesting, and there is something called the Goldwater Rule as a result of that. And psychiatrists are not allowed to uh, – they, they have certain limitations on what they can and cannot say, and it's because of that case. It's the Goldwater Rule, and uh, that guy may, in fact, have gone beyond it. I don't know. I saw that uh, documentary at least a year ago, and I I studied up a little bit on the Goldwater Rule. I forgot about what it said but it basically, you, you can offer an opinion, but you can't actually diagnose. I don't know. I, I can't, I'll, I'll look it up. But they were probably walking the line. It was just a bad movie anyway. It was just bad. You know, it wasn't interesting. Look, if you don't like Donald Trump, there are ways to uh, criticize Donald Trump. But they get so caught up with themselves. They get their emotions get the best of them. And like like this Maggie Haberman accusing him of things, saying that he's racist when her own damn paper is doing the same stuff every day. I think it's uh, kind of interesting. All right, Sandra, thank you. And uh, with that, I got to go to break. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fetterman thing is uh, people are fascinated by it. A guy who actually had a stroke says that. He can't be in the Senate. Big story that's going viral in The Federalist. His name is uh, Doc Rushing. After my first stroke, I could barely speak a word, and I could barely understand even one word of the speech of others. Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman is grossly unqualified to function in the U.S. Senate. Fetterman's defenders and apologists persist in referring to his communication difficulty as an auditory problem, suggesting that he's just hard of hearing. Even his critics in general appear to have not zeroed in on what I firmly believe to be his central problem. That is aphasia, mostly receptive aphasia, with some expressive aphasia, too. He's most likely not just hard of hearing, if indeed he's hard of hearing at all. Fetterman's campaign has refused to release the candidate's medical records since suffering from a stroke five months ago, making it impossible to know his diagnosis for sure. But as a stroke victim myself... I'm thoroughly familiar with the combination of asphasia limitations. I continue to suffer from them somewhat after a devastating stroke in 1996 and after a smaller stroke this year. Fortunately, I've almost fully recovered from my expressive aphasia, and I've become much better with my receptive aphasia. All right, I hope he goes into detail about what aphasia is. (laughs) Uh, My recovery from my first stroke long afterward took Placed by divine intervention, I'm persuaded after my physicians had said that I would not recover beyond a slight measure, 
Even after 26 years, though, I still must rely on closed captions while watching anything on my TV set. People with receptive aphasia, which produces symptoms like Fetterman's, hear the sounds but have much difficulty in decoding and understanding the words, especially while trying to understand fast speech or strong accents. The words just do not fall into place correctly in our brains. That diagnosis would explain why John has used a computer-based closed-caption device during at least one interview and during the debate in Harrisburg on Tuesday. People with expressive aphasia often have trouble finding the right words and effectively putting them together to express their thoughts smoothly and correctly. Many times I may utter similar words, but not quite the right words. That diagnosis would explain why during Tuesday's debate, Fetterman said not good evening, but rather good night in his opening greeting, and why some of his comments and responses sounded so illogical and repetitive. Aphasia, simply described, is a language disorder caused by damage to one or more parts of the brain that control the comprehension of language or the production of speech, or both. Sometimes the damage has resulted from a traumatic brain injury. Sometimes it has resulted from a shortage of oxygen in the blood following, flowing into the involved part or parts of the brain. Sometimes it has resulted from some other cause, such as dementia or a tumor. Okay, this guy had a stroke. He says he could not do the job of a senator. I'm glad he straightened out that aphasia stuff and what it means. Um, he's unqualified, shouldn't be there. But he did the same thing Biden did. Biden did it successfully. His handlers were better and the media were better at covering for him. They let their guard down around Fetterman. Yet he's being rewarded with a double presidential visit. Obama and Biden are going to try to bail him out next week. It ain't going to work. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Jeez. Uh, has anybody seen this video? Is it real or what? Uh, uh, Jill Biden is speaking at a uh, Diwali celebration. If you're Indian and you love to party, come celebrate Diwali. And um, she's speaking and her daughter is there and she's talking about how wonderful Diwali is. And some kid says, shut the F up. <laughs> Just, I should. I, I'm, that's very childish of me. I'm going to play the part right up until the curse word, okay? When we realize that even the smallest flame can illuminate our path home, that the sweetest delicacies are made with love, that the most rewarding gifts are those we give to you. <laughs> I got out. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Not funny. Uh, it's actually hilarious. I don't know. I mean, it shouldn't be funny, but it's kind of funny. And now fact checkers are weighing in. Oh, no, that was, uh, was it altered or not? She had the look on her face like she was just cursed out by a nine-year-old. And by the way, seriously, I wouldn't condone that. Um, when you're in the White House, you can't be mouthing off to the president or the uh, vice president. If you're there as a guest, as a visitor for some other event, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, I wonder what I would do, though. Hmm, how would I how would I go about that? Have you heard from Tony Bobolinsky lately? Hey, what is what is up? What happened with you guys in that uh in that uh, hotel lobby? 
Tony Bobolinsky says you knew all about the Chinese deal, and you're the big guy, and 10% was going to you, and Hunter was doing the business and sending 10% of his money to you. Huh? What about it? Uh, most people just ask, are you concerned about Donald Trump's uh, recent comments? <laughs> hey, um, when you said that you had the prosecutor fired in um, in Ukraine, yeah, why'd you do that? Because uh, I looked it up, and you didn't try to get any other prosecutors in the entire world fired, except for this one in the country of Ukraine. Why? Did it have anything to do with uh, Hunter working for Burisma and getting paid $100,000 a month? Huh? Now, you'd ask something like that, but I wouldn't use profanity. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a reasonable, reasonable approach to all of this stuff. Um, yes. What else can we talk about? Oh, wait a second. Louie's been on the hold for a long time. Louie, the, oh, yeah, the former cop in Coney Island. Hi, Louie. Hey, buddy, can you hear me? Yes. Are you on the beach again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, you were talking about the trains and buses before. I want to tell you, when I was six, seven, eight, and nine years old, I literally drove the R9 subway trains, the old R9s. Uh, my grandfather was a conductor and a motorman, and I used to drive the trains uh, from Euclid Avenue, Far Rockway, Rockway, Rockway Park, the old Round Robins. That doesn't and sound safe I, or legal, but keep going. Well, well, it was in 1955, and uh, I guess the times were a little different, and I was really good at it. And um, um, I talked to guys about it today, and they remember these old trains, and uh, – it was pretty exciting. No, and, I shouldn't give you a hard time. I once landed a 747 when I was 11 years old. Well, let me tell you something. That, well, I'm not going to comment on that, but uh, sounds pretty cool to me, man. No, anyway, uh, it's uh, it's cool. And uh, 1957, they did not have the, uh, what do they call it, the heart attack switch, right? You know about you the, mean, heart, the heart attack switch. Oh, right. Oh, no, no, they didn't have that, no. The dead man's feature. Yeah, the dead man's feature. That's what it is. I I don't know how it works, but basically, if the uh, conductor collapses, the train will stop. the The conductor has to apply constant pressure on the um the pedal or whatever it is. It's not a pedal; it's a handle, right? A handle. It's exact. And Walter Matthau talked about that on Taking of the Pelham of the One Two Three, which is a the very good movie. The, you got to watch the original, not the. Uh, not the remake with Travolta and Denzel Washington. Pel- taking a Pelham one two three, uh, very good old New York stuff. Uh, very gritty. I love it. I think that came out in what seventy seventy one. Great movie. I should watch that soon. Thank you, Louis. Uh, although, by the way, it's kind of re- <laughs> like everything else is totally politically incorrect. Uh, the very beginning of the movie, he's like this subway supervisor, Walter Matthau, and they have this delegation from Japan. And it's just so stereotypical. They're taking pictures, and he's making fun of them. You know, it's just you don't do that anymore. And you probably shouldn't have done it in 1971 either. All right, thanks, Louie. Let's try one more. Barbara in Huntington, yes. Hi, Greg. I'm hearing you talk about why Kathy Hochul is bragging about the Long Island Expressway, which all of us who live here know it's nothing to brag about. Mm -hmm. But what she's bragging about is they just finished a huge resurfacing project for almost all of Suffolk County. Now, that road had fallen into such disrepair, and she is showing how she manipulates money to buy votes. 
because Suffolk County, where the road was so badly deteriorated, is in Lee Zeldin's district. So they never wanted to fix it all these years as it was deteriorating. But now she's thinking, oh, you know what? All these commuters driving to work who are probably voters because they want to try to protect their paychecks. All these commuters driving on the longest parking lot in the world, as we call it. I may get some votes from that. Well, she's not fooling anybody. And the LIE goes all the way into Queens, as you know, um, in Nassau County. And, uh, you know, it's just it's no, we don't credit her. She doesn't get any credit bragging about spending our money. She's ludicrous. She's out of touch. Doesn't understand a damn thing. Hey, one other thing, though. I did think the, I thought the uh, LIE was uh, was federally owned, 495. Isn't that a federal highway anyway? It is. It's part of the interstate highways. But apparently, from what she bragged about the other day in the, in the debate with Lee Zeldin, she's able to get money and bring it to us and use it for the taxpayers of New York State. Well, that's all liberals do. They're always bragging about money, and uh, that doesn't make us excited. You know, it doesn't. It makes me concerned, quite frankly. It really does. The kinds of dollars they're talking about, our government has gotten totally out of hand. You know, tonight I'm going to play some clips of Donald Trump. You know what they're appalled at with Donald Trump? That he had the nerve to pick up the phone and call world leaders without telling the CIA, the National Security Council, Defense Department, and having 50 people on the phone with him. They said he was running a shadow foreign policy. You can look it up in the Constitution. It says nothing about the National Security Council or uh, uh, the CIA. The president is allowed to do those things, pick up the phone and talk. We don't need all these ridiculous, superfluous agencies. They're acting like we work for them. No, they work for us. we got to get rid of all that excess. I'm sorry. I'm going off. Final thoughts, uh, Barbara? That's why we needed Trump. He is a man for the time. He grew up in Queens. My husband grew up in Queens. They're tough guys. They grew up in tough neighborhoods. They had to be tough. They had to be outspoken. They had to not be pushed around. And so Trump was the right man. Oh, but wait a second. If you grow up in Queens and if you're of a certain age, you might say something very naughty. Let's see here. Uh, 42. He continued throughout his life to identify ethnic groups with the article The, as in a 2011 radio interview in which he declared, I have a great relationship with the blacks. Doesn't she say that in all my years, she's only heard, let's see here, uh, cut 44. Over my years of reporting in New York City, Trump was the only political figure other than another Queens-born politician, Andrew Cuomo, I ever heard publicly use that specific phrase. I don't know what beat she was on, but uh, she didn't get out very much if she never heard anybody in 30 years say the blacks. I'm sorry. Um, And people could say that. You know, they say the whites, the Catholics. It was just the way people talk back then. Right, Barbara? It is. And she is making the point about the use of dishonest language. The Democrats want to change the language. They want to define their own meanings of all the words and all the phrases. And it will never be the correct meaning, the accepted meaning and the traditional meaning. It will be what works for them to make you the villain. Yeah. And these little silly rules and that they can invoke at any time. And they try to give themselves great big passes. Hey, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, being a racist used to be a horrible thing. And, and it, it really kind of is to hate somebody based on on what they look like or where they come from. That is bad. But 
Now we say, you know, the color green is racist. Milk is racist. It's literally become a joke. And Donald Trump put it very well in the um, something called the Full Send podcast uh, a while back. Listen to this. Cut 45. Now it's everybody's called a racist today. Yeah. Anybody that's the enemy of the other side, people that are the exact opposite of racists are called racists. And it's a very hurtful word, but it's, it's lost a lot of its meaning because everybody is being called a racist today by the radical left. And it became a joke, literally. When Trump was on Saturday Night Live, this is him. You'll hear his voice. And then Larry David, you know Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm? He's the one yelling. All right, listen to this. Cut 46. And we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. You're a racist. Who the hell is I? I knew this was going to happen. Who is that? Trump's a racist. (laughs) It's Larry David. What are you doing, Larry? I heard if I yelled that, they'd give me (laughs) $5,000. The word means nothing, and it's literally a punchline. Great points, Barbara. Hey, I never knew you were married. What's your husband's situation? Well, my husband passed away Ooh. exactly a year ago. Are you kidding so, today? He wasn't a couple of days ago. He was an engineer in the defense industry for his whole career. He built anti-submarine warfare systems. He worked on missile guidance control systems, et cetera. Uh, that's really cool. And I'm so sorry uh, uh, that yeah. you're on your own now. Um, but sound, sounded like a hell of a guy. And uh, did what? He was fabulous. And you know what? He was the part of the generation that helped America to do great things, which you had talked about recently, that we need to do great things again. But you know what? We're not teaching our children the skills they need to do these great things. And also, we're not holding up to them the desirability of being someone who is respected and looked up to and someone who has integrity in their work. Yes, we are encouraging people to be victims, victims. You know who's going to be woman of the year, person of the year in my book? And in a weird way, she deserves it because she exemplifies the moment so, so well. And it's not positive. Not everybody who makes Time Magazine man of the year, woman of the year is positive. They made Hitler man of the year. But Meghan Markle, she has made being a victim. That's a high art. This is the woman who has everything. Literally, she was a princess. And while she's a princess, she was a victim. While she was the star of a TV show, she was a victim. Now Netflix is telling her life story, and they paid her $60 million for it. And she's a victim. She says she lost her voice. Her story is not being told. It's being told through someone else's lens, and she's a victim. Uh, the victim card is a powerful one, and it will make a lot of people very scared and nervous. It ain't going to work with us, though. Learn something, a skill, like Barbara's late husband. What was his name? Arthur. His name was Arthur. And, yes, and he went to Queens College on a full scholarship. He was the only one in his family of eight to go to college. And he wanted to go in the fire department, but his principal took him aside and said, no, 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 you're not going to the fire department. You're going to go to Queens College. It's a full scholarship school you're going to do there. Go there because you have too much ability. And he did that, and he was one of the youngest um, engineers in the defense industry, and he did very well. Wow. Wow, good for him. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. I wonder what you ever wonder what kind of firefighter he would have been. He would have been a great firefighter. 
He probably would have been the commissioner. You know, we just got a woman commissioner of the fire department who was never a firefighter. Oh, dear. Yeah, she was a special assistant to Bill de Blasio. What does that mean? Huh? She has what it took. It means that she has what it she did what it takes to get that position. Well, uh, what it takes, what it should take is a long record of accomplishment, skill, know-how. She's like 35 years old, was a special assistant to Bill de Blasio. It's a political hack, and she does not deserve that job. You know, may have done what it takes to get the job, but not do a good job. She's not qualified for it. In my book, you got to be uh, – you got to have some time on the hook and ladder or however it works. My uncle was a firefighter. He would have – I don't th- – anyway. All right. Well, we, we wish her luck anyway. And, Barbara, it's always great to hear from you. Arthur, rest in peace. What a man. Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We'll Bye-bye. be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, there's my Carrie Lake on TV right now. What a superstar. She's going to be the governor of Arizona, former TV anchor. And um, oh, it's going to be great. She is just anointed, anointed. I often said that uh, there are certain people in the media industry who could do well in politics. I always encourage, quite frankly, Rosanna Scotto to uh, get in the ring. I think she could have, uh, she could, even if she wants to today, uh, run for something citywide and do very well. Although, don't run for mayor in 2025. That's mine. I am uh, very much considering a bid. I'd hate to have to run against Rosanna and beat her, but uh, but uh, I will. No, uh, she's not going to run for that office, is she? All right, no, we can't let her. Uh, Adams, though, uh, we want him out, out, out um, already. I told you when he said, oh, I will not rest. I will not rest until we beat subway crime. Uh, he was partying that very night, that very night. He went out and just was having too good a time. And you can tell when somebody looks that good, right, when they're that in shape, when they're that, you you can't be, you're focused too much on yourself. He's focused too much on himself. Uh, it's good to take care of yourself. It's good to be healthy, but you can take it to extremes. And he's taking it to an extreme, and uh, he's blowing off any, everything else and just having a good time. Then again, he doesn't really know anything else. He just doesn't. He's just so unworthy of the job. I told you guys, now you all know it. Uh, so many people you know, were fooled by the seemingly pro-law enforcement stuff. But you know what he really thought of the police department, right? Especially white police officers. Just a bunch of crackers, man. And he kicked their ass. Remember all that stuff? Okay, I got to get ready for the Newsmax show across the street with my remaining time. Natalie wants to say something about last night's Newsmax show. Uh, Natalie in Pennsylvania. What about it? Uh, yes. Hi, Greg. Um, it was wonderful. First of all, Thank you for the laugh about the nine-year-old boy and now Rosanna Dana, and I hope you do run in 25. So anyway, thank you for the, ra- the laughter. I'm rolling off the floor, laughing right now, rolling on the floor. So thank you very much. I watched the show last night, and because you put um, what the, the boy yelled at that, you know, Jill weirdo, um, gave me hope. Because what I saw, you interviewed that, um, you called a survivor, but I called it a witness. Um, that woman, and I was so shocked. I said, I thought to myself, it's over. The people don't want to see. They don't want to admit it. They don't even want to go there. I know what you were trying to say. You you were, you were asking her, point blank, why do you think the news coverage was slanted? Is it because you were trying to, to see if she would say, because it was a black eye 
ramming through the white crowd and it was post of racism but instead she was right down the middle almost like a roadster and and went where you know if they would have gotten him on women's because she he assaulted his girlfriend i was over here i said that's it there is no hope so thank you for playing the nine-year-old and kudos to barbara and i'm so sorry and arthur and the same thing happened to me i was told i just wanted to go teach easy summers off and they said no you have a gift you must go into research and that's what I, I, I did. So, But I want, want to thank you for giving me hope by, um, by playing that nine-year-old boy that clearly sees what's going on. <laughs> well, listen, yep. uh, Natalie, thank you. But the, last night did cu- not. No, cut her some slack. Her name is Kimberly. She was very nice. Look, it's her point of view. She was there, and she wasn't wrong. She said if that guy had been arrested for domestic violence at some point, um, you know, maybe this would not have happened. And that's a fair point. She doesn't want to get political. I understand that. Others do. She's one person. She's a witness, and there were plenty of other witnesses and plenty of other people who were hurt. You know, she has her point of view. You shouldn't give up hope. I thought she was very nice, and and I feel for her. I mean, she saw something really, really awful, and uh, I told you, I, I see a scary movie, and I get bad dreams. What if you see something like that right in front of your face? We're talking about Waukesha. She was at the Waukesha parade when that madman, you know, drove right into it and killed six people. So Natalie, come on, you gotta you gotta cut her some slack, all right? I just it just um it just dawned on me that I said, oh my God, are people just that blind? They don't want to they don't want to see. They don't want to acknowledge. But anyway, the nine year old boy. Okay, the nine. But you know, you get all right. I before I let you go, you know, some people just get very very sensitive about race. Like, oh my gosh, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. It's too risky. You know what I mean? So maybe there was some of that. Uh, what nine-year-old are you talking about, by the way? <laughs> you know, that, that yell, um, got the ass. Oh, at that Jill Biden. Yeah, that was something else. That was, oh, boy, that kid's got spunk. All right, Natalie, thank you very much. Uh, I got to go. I got to go across the street. Uh, the Newsmax show tonight should be fantastic. Uh, who the hell's on the show tonight? I don't know. Uh, oh. The attorney general candidate from Arizona. I've had Carrie Lake on a bunch. This guy should be pretty cool. I'm going to try to get the author of this. Uh, he's a stroke victim, and he's going to tell us how John Fetterman cannot be uh, a U.S. senator because this guy had the same stroke, and he knows what it's like. The other thing is I might slip in a mention or two about my new book, which I would so appreciate. I would be very grateful if you went to Amazon and bought a copy. Uh, you can pre-order it right now. Uh, it's by Greg Kelly, me. It's called, um, uh, what the hell is it called? (laughs) Justice for All. Why the woke left is wrong about law enforcement. Thanks. I'll see you tonight. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.